What is it? Uh, well, it's called a uh, randomizer, and it's fitted to the guidance systems and operates under a very complex scientific principle called potluck. Now, no one knows where we're going. Not even the Black Guardian. Not even us. Hello, and welcome to the Randomizer Podcast, episode 23. I'm Tim. And I'm Chaz. 23. Why? Our trial of a Time Lord. <laughs> on the 23rd of November, no less. Yes. So, we've been put on trial. We have, by ourselves. Stay tuned for some catharsis of spurious morality. A thing distinctly hard to do, but a harder thing to say. <laughs> Well, before we get into Flux Chapter 4, just a quick, brief and spoiler-free word about Ghostbusters Afterlife, which we went to see in our local cinema, and didn't we have fun? Oh, it was lovely. Yeah. I so enjoyed it. Uh, Pure nostalgia fest, but also a great little movie in its own right, and a small-scale sequel to Ghostbusters, which is actually what it really needed. Yeah, I think it was a lovely sort of hmm. faithful and nostalgic sequel. Um, you know, emotional in the right places, scary in the right places, and very funny for the most part throughout. Yeah. Looked great, mm. great performances. Yeah, just had a blast. I would heartily recommend it if you enjoyed Ghostbusters. Absolutely, Paul Rudd was great. In fact, all the cast were great. Um, I did think Finn just... Wolfhard, who was in Stranger Things. Um, playing one of the leads. And, of course, Stranger Things, they did an episode where they all dressed up as the Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, he was good. Um, the um, the actual lead, the young girl... Um, Phoebe, the character? Phoebe. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, she was fantastic. Yeah, no, great, great role. Um, mm. Just uh, strong, strong child actors. Um, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Sort of had a Goonies vibe as well. So, yeah. sort of, you know, it did have that sort of you know, 80s nostalgia thing going on. Okay, sometimes you can say, oh, that's a bit overused now, but, oh, who cares? We are growing up in the 80s, so... Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Two best films I've seen this year are No Time to Die and that. Okay, so welcome to this Doctor Who podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about Flux Chapter 4, Village of the Angels. So um, I've got some notes to lead us in. Uh, They're, as usual, in no particular order, but just jump on in. So I liked The Professor. I thought he was great, actually. And um, I didn't know this, but you pointed out that he was the same actor who was... Uh, Hugo in The Twin Dilemma, Kevin com- McAnally. The Spaceman. The Space Policeman. Space Policeman, yes. Yeah. And it, yeah, no, it sort of started out, I was a bit like, oh, is he going to be a bit of a shitbag? Because he's like, you know, Claire's <laughs> clearly in distress, and he's like, no, no, my experiment comes first. Yeah. But then that seemed to be a, a minor kind of blip, and there's definitely a character trait that he's kind of... Oh, yeah. He would obsess about doing his research, even <laughs> when it's not necessarily the most prudent thing to do. Yeah, I actually found that quite endearing mm. in some ways. Um, I thought he was a lovely character. He was played beautifully, and um, he was just so interesting. Yeah. You know? I think he'd be a good companion. Yeah, yeah, I know. I really liked him. And it's ironic you saying that, because I remember watching your twin dilemma at the time, <laughs> thinking, hmm, wouldn't Hugo make a good companion? Second time lucky, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so what else? Just random stuff. My, my irony meter practically exploded <laughs> at the moment where you get a close-up of the priest with the dog collar very, very firmly in the shot, and he says, I don't subscribe to superstitious folklore. <laughs> Connor was pissing himself at that one today as well. He said, oh, that is 
one of the best lines. I mean, it may just be playing to my biases, but that dog collar is so prominently lit in that shot. That uh, yeah, I mean, like, it was an obvious, you know, yeah. little slight. I, we have Death by Etch a Sketch. I loved it when the ECG drew the angel or the lie detector. It's, it's funny, actually, because when we went into that sequence where they were having their what, mental tete a tete, and we saw the. the um, it, Etch a, you've got me saying etch a sketch now. <laughs> the polygraph. Yeah, I love that bit. And Claire had been doing drawings and she drew the angel. So we got the sort of uh, the projection of a an angel sketch and mm. then the fire. And, yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Great visual effects mm. there. I think we've been joking about this week's poor visual effects and most of them are fantastic. Yeah. I thought the shot over Azure's shoulder down to the crowds waiting on the planet to be, air mm. quotes, rescued. The green screen on Azure looked a bit ropey there, but that was a tiny detail yeah. compared with, yeah, the visuals in the episode were astonishing. And I loved that sort of sketchy angel look and then the fire one was... God, that. that was great, actually. I mean, you know, there was so many nice little moments uh, when Claire went to the bathroom. And... <laughs> oh, yes, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I went to a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, uh, I really loved it. You know, she sort of suddenly looks in the mirror and the wings and you mm. think it's obviously an angel, but... Oh. That was a amazing shot. I saw a tweet about it from mm. the director, and he had a behind-the-scenes shot, and it was a double set. Ah, oh, right. So I wondered how they'd yeah. done that, if it was all CG or... No, they actually yeah. shot through a, a frame that's not a mirror right. to a duplicate set. Of course. So clever. And yeah. uh, I think, yeah, it was just a great reveal and really creepy. Yeah. And just, just a new thing about the angels again. There's so many new things about the angels. Mm. I thought split screen for the blink moment in the TARDIS, which is unusual. That's excellent. Visual technique in Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, yeah, the wing reveal in the mirror we talked about. Now, who threw this rock into the house? Was that the angels? I, ringing doorbells and throwing stones? I think so. What gets me is that, I mean, it was a great joke, are they actually <laughs> ringing the doorbell? Oh, but they rang the doorbell and then they smashed the window and I said to Connor, I said, well, that's a bit rude. <laughs> you know, just because nobody answered the door. Yeah. But... Um, but then, of course, the rock gets thrown through, whatever, and, of course, the Doctor fucking sonic a rock. <laughs> that sonic screwdriver, I'm sorry, but I love this episode. Let me get that out of the way first. <laughs> I think this is the best Angel episode since Blink, mm -hmm. definitely. Maxine Alderton, again, has knocked it out of the park. This is wonderful. But for the love of fuck, can Jody <laughs> lose that fucking sonic screwdriver? Do you know what we need? Terroleptos. Yeah. We want the return of the fucking terroleptos. I want that thing and they have, destroyed. They have one job. Yeah. God, oh, fucking mighty. Once you've finished your rant, which you're re reliving now... Calm, breathe. Um, yeah. we, we did prompt a, an interesting sort of discussion about the fact that the screwdriver's grown, and it wasn't in Chibnall's era, oh, it grew in the sort yeah. of, I think in the Moffat, Matt it did, Smith era, yeah, I mean, well beyond being a simple tool into a sort of mini computer. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's basically a sonic MacGuffin now. The know. moment you started reading data off it, mm -hmm. that was, I think it had changed something fundamentally, and you know, it's a plot device and always was, but it's become a kind of... It's a handy thing. Yeah. 
And like Russell T. Davis said when he brought it back, he said he brought it back because there's nothing more boring than a door. You know, <laughs> he said in the old days they were sort of using it for everything and, you know, you were still not getting enough plot. That's fine. But she came out of the fucking police box. The <laughs> thing was on fire or something. Uh, yeah, hot, hot, she hot. waved about for the entire practical episode. <laughs> I mean, I... I'm actually genuinely thinking, and I've been saying this for a while, that I think it's the actress is using it as like a security blanket. You know how if you've got a prop giving you motivation? You know, like um, a stand-up comedian to keep their anxiety at bay, hold the mic so tight, right. and it's their security blanket. And I'm wondering if that's what it is with, with Jody. I wonder how much screwdriver action is scripted versus... I mean, you can't script that. I mean, you can script... <laughs> Every third the word doctor, would be screwdriver. You know, the doctor scans the tree. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Next incarnation, they should have some sort of regeneration accident and they have the sonic finger. So it's just there the whole time. <laughs> she smelt the coat. Yes. And that was good. That was fun. Yeah. Because and why not? That's the, better than the sun. You know, isn't it? it's what, the Matt, um, the what was it? Matt Smith. He licks the shed. Yeah. Do you know? I know, but you don't need it as much. <laughs> I know it's. I know it's a really minor annoyance. It doesn't stick out for me. It's it just constant, and yeah. it's really. Oh God, please! But no, I, I do agree. It's overused. And yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal, but. Yeah, you know, for sometimes. sure. I, I enjoy your fury at it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love my petty little rants. <laughs> well, yeah, we all have them. So, yeah, the angels have the doorbell. It's like, what? That was a strange joke. It, it didn't really land or go anywhere, but it just it just happened. Oh, Fair enough. God. I thought, in terms of defences against the weeping angels, right? Mm. You could have some sort of 360 oh, degree mirrored <laughs> spectacles. It's like, or tetraps. Tetraps would be brilliant against the weeping angels. They can see all around. Well, you could have a tetrap, like a canary in a cage. <laughs> it's a big cage. Maybe <laughs> a baby tetrap. Baby tetrap? Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. It'd be hanging upside down in a little cage. If you're carrying the cage, you'd block its line of sight. So it would have to be a hat. Oh, my God. So it's an upside down tetrap hat. Also, a little continuity funny thing that I noticed. Doctor's piling all this amusing junk out of her pockets into Claire's hands. Yeah. Totally. And then it suddenly vanishes from Claire's hands. What happened? Yeah, that that was a bit weird. Well, yeah, um, it's not uh, Well, could they might not have been Claire's hands. <gasps> it might have been the Phantom Hand. Phantom Hand is back. Yeah. Well, talking of hand-shaped things, I did notice there's a kind of claw-shaped nebula in the <laughs> space background around the village when it's put into space. That is the same nebula that's used at the background of Vinder's Rose Station when we first meet him in, in Chapter 1. So I don't know if this is going to pay off and that the village is being taken to the same area of space no. or, and I suspect this is slightly more likely, they maybe just reused a space background. Well, it could be because next week we've got the Grand Serpent who yeah, true, obviously is in the TARDIS. Well, in front of the TARDIS, yeah. There's, uh, you see I the door behind him. Sight. You think so? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay, that'll be fun. Maybe it will pay off because it is such a Distinctive kind of nebula shape. Yeah. Very pretty, I thought. That's why I noticed it. Maybe it's a constellation of Castorbrus. Oh, could oh, be. Yeah. If it was Castorbrus, that would really disturb us. No. Sorry. Jesus. Sorry. I apologise to everybody. Yeah, you really should. Jodie is now asking permission before she messes with your mind, which is a step forward. We talked way back at Spyfall about the kind of non-consensual mind-wiping that goes on with Ada Lovelace and Noor, and mm. this is this is definitely... It's a different sort of interaction, of course, to go into the mind, but yeah, yeah, it's nice to see that 
that consent is explicit. And that was a brilliant scene inside Claire's mind. It was wasn't it? beautiful. I mean, the <laughs> the gradient colour was. You're just uh, trolling me now. Yes, I fucking am. <laughs> it's called grading. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> now, the. Um, Desaturation was wonderful. <laughs> Try again. I think monochrome was what you first of all called it, and I uh, pulled you whatever, up on that as well. Whatever. No, the kind of steely blue look. Yeah, it looked fantastic. And I loved the sort of uh, the way they'd done it. You know, she was on that bit of land with this with the tide coming in sort at both sides. Seas. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. It was a lovely effect. And, you mm. know, I was trying to see if the stones in the middle were mirrored as well, but it wasn't that simple an effect. No, which was nice. it was, it um, this entire sto- uh, episode is like so creepy mm. you know you've got such beautiful shots you know so well sort of uh, directed and laid out the bit where Dan and Yaz you know Dan's his was that scarecrow there and then oh, yeah. it's an angel <laughs> and it's misty and it's okay it's all elements of a good hammer horror or whatever mm. but you know, they work for oh, a reason. Totally. Creepy you know, village and all it's that. beautiful. Yeah, the show's visually, visually amazing these yeah. days, and it's a lovely thing. Yeah, do you think the two C's in the, the mind meeting scene represent the two minds? Is it maybe yeah. not that obvious? But well, maybe. Mind is an ocean, it's a nice metaphor. Could be. But yeah, um, I think um, Peggy is a child. Now, you, you, I think we both spotted the twist coming of the old lady also yeah, being the little girl. Yeah, pretty obvious. Yeah, and, but Peggy was a bit psycho, I thought. Like, <laughs> you know, her, her admittedly arsehole adopted father, what was he, her great, great uncle? Great uncle. I... Getting zapped. <laughs> he was never nice to me, and that's it, but the lady went as I well. know, I did feel sorry for her aunt. Also, the, the, the aunt, the old woman, um, is wearing gloves when she touches the angel, so... Yeah. It's like if you were objecting to the snapping of the finger through gloves, I object to oh, an- yeah, yeah. angel touch yeah. through gloves. Anyth- like, anything with gloves on. Yeah, maybe they were like very old gloves with holes in them. Who knows? Yeah, it could be, it could be fingerless gloves. Yeah. <laughs> we know from the next time trailer, spoilers for that if you skipped it, that they're going to be there for at least three yeah. years. Yeah. So quite, quite a shock, really. Yeah. I mean, it'll be a very sparsely populated village, <laughs> admittedly. But well, there's uh, chickens. I love the chickens on the table. Yeah. What's interesting is what happened to the priest? Well, he gets that back to we don't know when. Well, maybe he's just well, out I'm of the I'm assuming he got done. He got put to nineteen oh one. Are they doing well? everybody to nineteen oh one? I've seen speculation on Twitter about the exact amount that you get zapped back, and clearly it's just whatever the plot requires. But somebody was suggesting that. It could be the amount of days you would have had left. You get zapped back, and then you could have a lovely plot with somebody getting zapped back just a day, or you'd be like, "Oh no!" <laughs> but now I, it, I, I think it doesn't feel like the priest is needed in the plot anymore. He was... Unless he died. Oh, he got zapped twice. Well, the angels told her. Yes. Not to, but you don't you know. survive it twice. That is concrete now. Yeah, if, you know, but it's only hinted at before. They basically done that, I suppose. What. Say they leave some people alive as a warning. Yeah, because they're cruel. It's, it's that sort of kill everybody, but you leave one person to tell the story. Yeah. As it were. There's some lovely, lovely dialogue I loved. Oh, sorry, threw a cup at you. Snatched <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him out of trance. Good. And also, I like Jodie's thing about the. What was it? The. Oh, the only thing is, the second only thing is, and then the third thing, only thing is. That was nice. This is Maxine Alderton, I think. Maybe. You know, you can see uh, uh, Jodie, the doctor. Uh, is in charge. Written you well, know. she's in. She's in charge. Well yeah. written. 
I definitely think that the whole B-plot is completely chibnal. And a lot of the flux What's the, the B-plot stuff Vinder and Bell? And Bell right, right. Uh, the flux stuff is mainly is mainly Chibnall. I think she had the whole idea for the Angels mm-hmm. episode and it just fitted yeah. nicely I to do, do this. I do think that the ending of whatever that episode would have been as a standalone has been kind of lopped off in favour yeah. of the Doctor getting captured. I mean, I mean really the ending. Really my cliffhanger. God. Visually. I think that that will be one that stays in the memory mm. of a lot of kids in years to yeah. come. You know, it's like, it's so... It's such an iconic ending. In one Do- way, we know that the Doctor's being recalled. So, unless it's like Han Solo and the Division are just going to keep her as a statue in the background. I think that's l- roughly what it is. I, really? I think it's a, it's a transportation method. <laughs> it's a bit heavy. Well, Post- it's easier than keeping her in a cell where she can Escape move about and everything, I suppose. A hamster ball of Captain Jackness. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's roughly what it is. Because... Maybe. But yeah, I mean, what a way to, to, to sort of keep your prisoners from escaping is to quantum lock them. Well, yeah, but... And then you need to definitely keep an eye on them. on Sorry. Uh, what was that whooshing sound? Oh, that was the tone being lowered. Yeah, of course. Connor said an interesting thing, though, um, that do you think Jodie's in the next episode? And I'm sort of hoping she isn't in some ways because... Flashbacks? You know, well, no, it's sort of... Pushed the tension up a bit more. I suppose so. I mean, but it, we're a long way from the eras where they had to have a holiday episode. Mm. I don't mean for that reason. I just mean for, you know, That's making a it a bit more tense. Big risk. Mm. Maybe some of it. Well, I suspect next episode is going to be an, another info dump. Well, another sort of lots of plot lines. Yeah, mm. for sure. What else about this one? I, I've always said this, I think, about the angels, that I don't think they need the scary teeth and claws when, in their yeah. final moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, it's okay, I suppose, but yeah. I don't think it's necessary. It was necessary. fine in Blink when it was the last glimpse and that was it, but now yeah. you, they get stuck that way or whatever. Yeah. I just, I think they're they're scarier in concept than, mm. than trying to be scary in visage. The only real problem I see with the episode is just the B story mm. is out of place. Well, I mean, literally, we, completely the, the title place. interruption yeah. is another unprecedented thing, and it was oh. cool that the title seemed, the music seemed to be without its bass, and then the kind of quite quickly yeah. the break in happens. I just, yeah, I just think though that after that cliffhanger, you get an unprecedented moment in Doctor Who. So it's a garbage in, pod. Yeah. But immediately think this must be big. Momentous, yeah. And it's quiet and uh, calm and sweet. Right. It's a lovely scene, but it's not... It just, unfortunately, takes you away from a story that you don't really want to be taken away from. Yeah, I mean, it's fine, but know. it was just weird. And definitely you've squandered your one chance to make a big impact interruption to the titles yeah. that way. I think it could have gone in when they were talking across the night and day divide. Maybe it could have stuck in there. Maybe. Or it could have been pre-titles for next week or all sorts of things. Maybe they've got bigger plans for the pre-titles. Probably, I mean, there's probably nowhere it could have went yeah, next week. I, mean, running time, I, I did say when we were re-watching it that when we get the edited movie version, it'll hmm. probably flow better. But, I, was, uh, I suppose I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I, I, talking of the day and night divide, um, it's a good job uh, Carvanista wasn't around when Dan threw that stick through it, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 
Carpenista didn't appear this week. No, Carpenista didn't either. He was in the next time yeah. clip. Yeah, that's right. As was Kate Stewart. Oh, I don't know. And the Grand Serpent, so yep. he's not dust. Definitely TARDIS doors in the background, whether they're in mm. or out. There's a new unit logo. I didn't spot that. Uh, Is that where the military guy was They've wearing? released a photo. Oh, uh, okay, so that's external. Yeah. Dan and Yaz were very good this mm-hmm. week. Maxine Alderton had remembered that Yaz used to be a police officer. Yep. <laughs> I did I did think that the, the missing girl plotline might have had more resonance for Yaz after the her running away. But it didn't quite land. She maybe dealt with hundreds of them in her police yeah. training anyway. But. What I really enjoyed was um, the sa- sapphire and steel elements as well. You know, the entire village. It reminded me of the the cafeteria at the end of Sapphire and Steel. Floating in space. Floating in space. And this village has been entirely taken out of space and time yeah. sort of thing yeah. um well, they're I, overusing the word quantum a lot but i suppose it's because the yeah, angels are quantum beings yeah but it's dangerously close to that kind of overexcited advertising and i've i've always always loved the fact that they talk about a quantum leap as if it's something amazing and groundbreaking and the literal scientific definition of quantum leap is i believe the least amount of change expending the least amount of energy possible which negates really the tv show quantum leap <laughs> because he makes a lot of change and expends a lot of energy. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, when the word was, like, advertising buzzword. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the village as well. Um, the actual village. I thought it was very quaint and charming. And it so I think it shows how old I'm getting because I sat and watched it and when they'd been zapped back to 1901 and I thought to myself, Do you know, I think I'd quite like to be in a village with only about four or five people. Take me now, angels! <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Dr. Farnsworth in um, in Futurama. I don't want to be on this planet anymore. <laughs> nice, quiet little village away. No Twitter, no fucking social media, no people, you know. So the line that they say is, you are recalled to division. So recalled yeah. could mean recalled to duty, what do you think? Well, possibly. They're trying to get them... There is definitely that vibe of the job you can never leave. Yeah. It's all quite Jason Bourne and yeah. all of that. But And and so the angels working for the division, what do they pay them? <laughs> Time, I suppose. It's your take a regeneration, mate. That's possibly. Take two for your overtime. Yeah, maybe... I don't know, fruit. Yeah, what's in it for the angels? (laughs) Maybe it's like Dan, you know, he gets a lot you know, when he's volunteering at the food bank, gets a little food parcel, maybe it's something (laughs) similar. Remind me of the context of that line of Rassilons about the weeping angels of old. It's when the Time Lords have got their hands hands covering their face. Yeah, I think because they had, uh, they'd voted against Rassilon. Yeah. uh, You know. So they had to hide their face. uh, So they had shamed themselves. But was it just like, hey, check them out, they look like the weeping angels yeah. I mean given I that mainly yes the angels were working for the division I mean this whole thing about the division uh, across all planet all time and all species that's just PR um, yeah uh, somebody on Twitter said oh well that finally finally closes the gap on a really annoying Doctor Who continuity era from uh, from the Tom Baker era on the planet Volga and then they had the seal of Rassilon. 
Oh, thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> so there we go. We solved that one. Um, I think they're just bigging themselves up a bit yeah. more. Because like, uh, somebody else on Twitter was saying, well, if they are everywhere, they've taken a long enough time to catch the Doctor. Yeah. See, this is another thing, right? Um, We've got old species. None of this is ever ever came about Carbonista for example has lived for thousands upon thousands of years Yeah, and dog ears as well presumably Uh, but we've never seen uh, a look of that species or anything Garm 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 yeah Um, but also I think I think we are definitely coming to the thing where Vinda and Belle are going to uh, their baby is going to be the doctor. I think I'd quite like that. I still think it's a bit, yeah. Well, again, if it's done well, why not? Um, certainly, I like I, them a great deal. I like them, but what I think is, I think it's going to be a river song type thing where the baby is going to be the first of that species who is able mm. to regenerate. So they and don't necessarily regenerate. That no, terrorist. and I think their universe is going to be destroyed mm. and the child is going to be found at the barrier. Mm-hmm. Sort of Superman-esque Moses. I'm enjoying this, but for me, it's basically... A mystery I never wanted solved, and I'll never change my mind on that. I mean, the one thing you could say for Timeless Child's plot was it did leave a lot open, yeah. and so mystery to be found after a fashion, but yeah. this would close the door somewhat. To be honest, the whole thing, the only thing I would rather concentrate on is division. I think division's a good idea that could easily be worked into any of the Doctor Who without sort of the Doctor being some alien from another dimension or whatever, but if that's what it is that's what it is. Division is a really good and interesting story that I would be more than happy to see continue A man is the sum of his memories, you know, a time lord even more so. It is time for your cheating memory. Uh, We randomly select an episode of Doctor Who from the whole range of the programme, remember a bit about it and then re-watch it and burble on some more about it Last time we selected Doctor Who the movie, the 8th Doctor TV movie, and it's been a while since either of us watched it, so Chaz dug out his Blu-ray, and uh, we had a a great time watching that. Essentially, I think we both agree, McGann, brilliant. Oh, yeah. And enjoyable to rewatch. You know, the 100% perfect thing about that was Paul McGann's casting. Oh, absolutely. I mean, on a par with the kind of, the gravitas of... Eccleston for the new series um, McGann was a name at the time well regarded actor and just a joy as the Doctor Absolutely, something that was only cemented and deepened by his subsequent work Big Finish of course mm-hmm. So, and likewise I think Eric Roberts who's just one of those <laughs> actors who's in every B-movie ever yeah. he's in many ways the perfect choice for the master, he's so camp <laughs> he's really creepy as well and he's definitely on an all scenery diet isn't he? Oh wow, I mean he's even got a fish knife you know, and <laughs> just, uh, just carve off a little yeah, and there's a waiter there with a massive, massive big pepper to sort of, you know uh, <laughs> to dolve on, he is dining out on scenery he oh. really is brilliant i mean at the time you were probably cringing but now it's like the the scene of him coming down the (laughs) stairs in the fucking gallifreyan robes (laughs) is one of the funniest things ever if it had a campometer next to the rumpometer it would have exploded yeah definitely (laughs) 
<laughs> so what else we got going on? There's there's a car chase, or it's a motorbike ambulance chase. Oh yeah. But with the obligatory banter during it, which isn't so good. But um, they did cut one line, which was, oh, thank goodness, at last there are two trucks overtaking each other so we can drive between them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's quite happened. Car chase cliche, isn't it? Yeah. Bike chase cliche. But that the banter, fun. you were saying the banter in the ambulance before they yeah. escape from it is great. Yeah. The bit where uh, Grace and the doctor are, are in the ambulance and they're sort of arguing yeah. like a married couple and the master is interjecting and so sort of, I mean that's actually fun. quite yes, funny like, it know. goes from like crashingly bad dialogue like no way yes way to correcting Grace's grammar <laughs> kisses as well as me it's like, yeah. no, it's, very uh, that's great fun although I do think they're awful slow to spot that the beast is in there with them but yeah, yeah the green eyes the skin burning acid's horrible it's yeah spits yeah, like alien good. blood or something yeah horrible the writing's occasionally formulaic and sort of you get lines in places that fit the kind of patterns of the genre rather than where they would actually have work to do like the chase banter but yeah there's some just glorious stuff oh hey i've got a theory that'll annoy you <laughs> good is the grand serpent the master oh jesus because you know snake, snake motif. Yeah. the master's a sort of snaky blob in this yeah. and mara is almost an anagram of master Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where I troll Chaz remorselessly. This is the part of the podcast where Chaz walks out and never does another podcast. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, I'll just splice in your yeah. with an S, not a Z bit. <laughs> you know, sort of my, uh, my drone responses. <laughs> yes, Tim, have I told you how great you are? Yeah, I yeah. think you're the most wonderful podcaster. S, not a Z, I'm a published author. Yeah, I could do go. it. See? I could totally yep. do it from episodes so what is the master's timeline here because i had a thought <laughs> which we were very keen on until not bad until i researched actually. it yeah. so the chap at the start who's killed by the helium imbibing daleks this he has yeah. a sort of delgado look to him mm. so, and so if that's meant to be the delgado master this would mean this was pre-deadly assassin yes and just the eye after of Har- planet of the daleks yeah yeah so he pisses off the daleks they exterminate him the, the blob master becomes Eric Roberts and then gets zapped through the Eye of Harmony to Gallifrey. Except, <laughs> except Goth in Deadly Assassin says he found him on the planet Tercerus. And just a quick side note, of course, that Fatal Death is set on the planet Tercerus. I think we can just ignore that for the sake of, you know, if we're going to ignore the whole timeless children thing, I'm sure we can ignore yeah. that. But the Eye of Harmony, if, if I'm right, dumps him on a one planet along to Tercerus and Goth then takes him to Gallifrey. So, yeah. Otherwise, a fine plan because it would leave him all shriveled up in a in the way that he is yeah, in Deadly Assassin. Exactly. But yeah, again, don't really care. But it's fun to speculate. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it's like you say about you know everyone's saying, oh, the Eye of Harmony has been opened. It's not the Eye of Harmony. It's a gateway. It's a portal mm-hmm. to the Eye of. Harmony. I mean, he doesn't have a fucking black hole in his TARDIS. Well, I don't see why not. But that's the implication. I know it's the implication, but I think but it... can definitely... But it would mean that every TARDIS would have to have another Eye of Harmony. Well, yeah, another connection to the master black hole back in Gallifrey. I don't see why Yeah, not. but that's what I'm saying. It's a portal. Yeah. Not a... No, for sure. Yeah. It's not the actual... But if, you, if you're looking at a black hole as taking this far too seriously, as something that 
is a you know a yeah. hole in space in itself, then the other side of that could pop up in multiple realities. I.e., Tardis. Yeah. I don't know. Um, all I'd all I'd say is I want to see the um the bit where they're making new Tardises where they have to install the black hole. Can you imagine the <laughs> work, bit. the work guys coming in. Yeah, yeah. Don't drop it. <laughs> so you'll like, know. What I want to know is right. A couple of things. Why you need human eyes to open it? Yeah. Why those staffs are all there? Ready to to sort of do that thing where you can transfer your lives to somebody else, just in case. <laughs> I mean, and also, why are there bats in <laughs> in the cloister room? in the cloister room? Oh, by the way, did you notice the 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 bench and stuff in the cloister room? That's because, right. You, you yeah, I I I basically room. invented the cloister room. Well, John and I. So I'm oh I'd, um um just in case uh haven't mentioned I'm a published author by what the way. really yeah yeah you should mention that more often I know but bats in the fucking cloister room <laughs> and leaves everywhere they always thought the doctor had bats in his bath but the thing that really pisses me it's, off it's and takes this whole episode <laughs> in a different level is why are there so many Fucking candles <laughs> everywhere. Lit candles. The master's lit box thing has got candles all around it and fucking flowing uh, velvet curtains. The whole thing's a fire trap. <laughs> there is no health and safety whatsoever. Maybe this is how the master got to turn into a burnt crispy one. It's a fucking TARDIS powered by a black hole. Maybe Are you they- telling me they don't have any fucking proper illumination in the place? <laughs> Is it all mood lighting? <laughs> Good God! Ah, uh, jeez. No, I, 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 I love the TARDIS set. And fire oh, hazard aside, it's beautiful. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful set. It's but, a love you know, letter to the history of the program. It is so. a beautiful set, but you know, it's definitely got to burn down. <laughs> that's, that's that's why we've only seen it once. That's why tenants, when we went to tenants, it's all metal grills and stuff. You know? I don't know. All that coral looked quite flammable. Mm. Well, Possibly. it was, as we found out eventually. Yeah, well, maybe that's how it all started. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> so, another almost serious point is there a link between the doctor here in the, the movie seeing people's futures? And the doctor showing them their deaths, like she does in the haunting of Villa Dio Daddy Dam Diddy Do. Um, is is that the, well, that Time Lord power kind of a connection? Well, I think psychic abilities are part of a Time Lord thing. You know, yeah. the Master's always been able to sort of what you know influence and, yeah. and whatever adapt as plot requires. Yeah, well, exactly. And the Doctor's always had some sort of psychic ability so I don't think it's too much yeah and it's played for a nice comedy with like telling which exam question to take and stuff yeah I mean there's some quite fun bits and as I say it's not too far fetched and basically a story where we're talking about a bloke stroke woman who can change form so one more point was about Chang Li. What do we think? I think I'm coming down on Chang Li being a basically decent kid who's sort of fallen in the wrong crowd. He's in an area where everybody sort of just falls into being in a gang because if you've not, if you're not, you're kind of on your own and you're not protected. Yeah. And I think in an area like that, you know, it's probably seen as the better option. But I think he's sort of the person who falls into that sort of thing. And due to peer pressure, I don't think he's done it yet, but he's got a gun and I think due to peer pressure, he would probably end up 
you know, killing, killing somebody or whatever. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. So technically, by giving them the gold dust, he's given them a way out. Yeah, so or the become the biggest drug dealer him. in the area. Well, yeah. Now we see him with the conscience. So, you know, he stays with the doctor yeah. when he's dying, but then he's opportunistically stealing the stuff afterwards. But he's won over by the end, although the master's yeah. carelessness gives the game away, of course. Oh, yeah, the master's not exactly subtle, though, is he? <laughs> so, gloat, 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 give away my plan. Oh, uh, never mind that minion. <laughs> <laughs> I like Changli, I like Grace. I think they're, you know, okay, they're one-off companions, but... Mm-hmm. I think they're they're really uh, fit for purpose. Mm-hmm. Have in they the both story. seen a big finish? Yeah, yeah, um, they have, but I don't know exactly how or what was done. To... And Roberts's master was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They've had him. In. Oh, very tempted to seek those out. Now. Yeah, I think Connor's got copies of it somewhere. Yeah, uh, just generally great fun, and it was an amazing stepping stone between old Doctor Who and new Doctor Who, and lovely to see Sylvester, of course, get a proper exit. Yeah, I mean it's rather nice. I like I said before, I think you know it does over egg the pudding in terms of explanations. We get a regeneration, yeah. we get all this, and if you've never seen Doctor Who, it's like oh, what the fuck is going well, on. I also think. But regeneration is a big event and a hook so you kind of yeah. get to have your cake and eat it by having one absolutely early but it was really nice Sylvester McCoy he didn't have a lot of lines but he really looked the part mm. in the TARDIS he, he really suited Although, being in that TARDIS with that distorted mirror shot outfit. when you see his face for the first time you be forgiven for thinking he was horrendously disfigured <laughs> and he goes out gurning which I enjoy yeah yeah when he's on the operating table I mean it's quite horrific the bit Ooh. he screams at yeah, one point see where they cut it. it's reminding me of the Monty Python I'm not dead <laughs> <laughs> I'm not finished just so much joy and nostalgia in it as well yeah. the thumping of the console the the very doctory moments mm. and yeah it's, it's just a, it's great fun very silly flawed but enjoyable. Oh, very much. So we're going to talk about Night of the Doctor as well, just while we're there, because there's not much on-screen 8th yeah. Doctor era, so we may as well do the lot in one. Yeah, we watched it, and yeah. it was great. It is a gorgeous bookend from again. Sharp Moffat dialogue, a moving finale for the 8th Doctor and this intro for the War Doctor. Mm. Although he does essentially die out of stubbornness. You know, refusing yeah, to get out of a crashing ship. That's a hell of a hill to die on, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to prove a point, and then you're dead anyway, so what yeah. was the point of that? Mm, that was it was a surprise, although I think a lot of people had kind of guessed it was coming. Right. There was a lot of murmurs, and I was at work, right. and my son texted me, and I was outside work for, you know, trying to get a signal. So was the episode released? Yeah. Because uh, I cause I'd heard what it was before I watched it. Yeah. So I didn't get it cold unfortunately I would have, yeah, I would have that's a shame. completely dropped, but, dropped my yeah phone. they basically he texted me and just said uh, uh, Doctor Who Minnesota's been mm. dropped watch it you <laughs> also know. kind of led you into it yeah nice. and I sort of you know I was like stop talking about Doctor I'm a doctor but yeah you know having a sort of you know uh sort of hyperventilate and everything but, I think uh, I think my favourite moment in it the best moment is that it's really shocking that subversion of expectation when Cass recoils seeing the targets and you're just like because I mean that was you know wonderful tie into the time war and all that stuff and Moffat really writing that well and mm. you expect a heroic rescue a nice little moment for the 8th Doctor but no you know it's thrown in his face and yeah yeah 
Great stuff. No, I, I love that they could do that. It was lovely he name-checked the big Finnish companions. Oh, that was great. Although he didn't mention Grace and Chang Lee, so screw them, eh? <laughs> it's like, Maybe it was just, well, you know. They never travelled, was Never travelled with yeah, them, yeah. so, you know. It was so much fun and just so satisfying to see the Eighth Doctor again. The new costume yeah. really suited the hair. It was like, yeah, they'd fixed what was wrong about him, I suppose. Yeah, I did think the coat in the movie was so shiny. Yeah. I kept thinking it was covered God. in dust or crap or some yeah. sort. Yeah. It no, just so it reflective. Not much. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he looked great. I think I was sort of over-expecting a little, I suppose, when we saw it, because I thought, ooh, has he got a new TARDIS? Mm. <laughs> I think it was a bit much, budget-wise. Yeah. I just thought, of course, they couldn't really afford to build a specific TARDIS console for a mini-episode, so of course they couldn't take her into the TARDIS. Yeah. They had to avoid that somehow. Yeah, that's probably well it's not the only reason but it you do kinda... wonder if, if the the if that problem in the writing would lead him to the the next step of her going no yeah exactly <laughs> i love the fact that it was uh Karn. you know it reintroduces the sisterhood yep they appear in subsequent episodes this idea of choosing your regeneration is quite funky as well yeah like she said time warp science has been elevated yeah. On calm. We've now so. got it in soda stream form. Have choose a cup. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you need? Fat, thin, old man, woman. But that was a sort of a reuse of the bit in war games. Gotcha. He's too old. He's too fat. Yeah, yeah. 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 What Just... do you want? Fat, thin, old, young, anything but Scottish again. <laughs> <laughs> There was some fun little bits. Um, McGann's four minutes, give me knitting. <laughs> I love those lines. Yeah. It's wonderful. It was such a lovely little love letter and also a nice little surprise present. Yeah. It's a bit like um, an adventure in space and time. You know, that mm. was just such a beautiful thing to get in the 50th anniversary year. Yeah. So Good year. Wasn't I think it? we were it did very, us proud. I think we were very lucky and I. I still take my hat off to Moffat. I take my upside-down tetrap hat off as well. Oh, God. Look, when I give the word, press the button. The big one? Yes, maybe it works in conjunction with the others. So, let's choose a new episode to watch. All right, well, let's try and find out. Now, what could it be? <laughs> oh, sorry. Just to build up some jeopardy, I'm not going to tell Chas for a minute while I react to myself. It is the Deadly Assassin. No! Yeah. Oh, oh that's awesome! His little face is lit up. Oh, oh, wow! Yeah, I'm happy with that. Oh, jeez. That's very that, timely, perfect. That's the best one, yeah! And I can look for more clues to my theory about the Master. Yeah, We absolutely. can listen for the Tursurus line. And, Jesus. So, yeah, um, well, season 14. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Baker really in his stride at this point. It's got that point. scroll at the start that looks like the organ grinders yeah. turning the handle a bit around. And uh, Tom Baker at his most egotistic because, hey, I haven't got a companion for this one. Maybe we should just not bother and have a, the me show. We've talked about it a bit because it was yeah. in way back in our early episodes of the podcast. I just rewatched it, so we did talk about it yeah. then. But I'm sure we can come up with fresh old Well, I haven't watched it in such a long time, Lovely. so I am immensely looking Lovely forward to stuff. this. I challenge you. Oh, that struck a chord. So 
is challenge time. Now, I've asked Chaz quite often now to watch the mutants, and we've had a series of mishaps and misadventures that have prevented them. I know, I know you're trying your desperate best to, to get to watch it, my friend. So have you managed it this time? Yes. Uh, great. No, no time travellers, no incidents involving the dog or chimney sweeps or... No. Watch it. <laughs> oh my, I'm quite emotional at that. It's the end of an era. Oh, it's the 23rd of November. Uh-huh. I thought, anniversary of the show, yeah. I thought I'll watch it. Oh, and I've made notes. Oh, great. Well, lead away. Okay. Well, The Mutants is the fourth serial of the ninth season of the British science fiction television series Doctor Who, which was first broadcast in six parts on BBC One from the 8th of April to the 13th of May, 1972. Really done your homework. I have. The serial is set on and high above the Earth colony of the world, Solos. In the serial, the Marshal of Solos, open brackets, Paul Winston Jones, close brackets, plots to change Solos's atmosphere to make it breathable for the humans but not the native Solosians. Pal, we've all seen it. What did you think of it? Uh, well, hold on. Uh, this episode's plot summary may be too long or excessively detailed. Please help improve by removing unnecessary details and making it more concise. June 2017. You're not, anyway. You're not reading the Wikipedia page by any chance, are you? No, I did watch it. Citation needed. In my box are such delights. We are resuming our journey into the Box of Delights, which is our little TARDIS money box full of old TV shows that we decided we want to watch and talk about. Um, Now, we're spreading them out because obviously we're busy watching Flux, but we've managed to squeeze in a few more episodes of the delightful and charming Mr. Ben, an old cartoon show from when we were little. So, we watched three more episodes. It continues to be delightful, although they do depict humans living alongside dinosaurs, which ought to be bloody illegal. It's only wrong by about 65 million years. Yeah, but Mr. Ben's a creationist. (sighs) At least Earthshot got it right. I did like that they went into the sort of green cross code and we had that lovely line about be careful when crossing the dinosaur road. (laughs) I mean, the show is being very responsible and safety conscious, but yet two episodes later, Mr. Ben's casually releasing ferocious wild animals from the zoo into the wild, (laughs) into the streets of the city. Yeah, the the lion was my particular favourite because, you know, it's uh, just... Didn't seem interested. It did jump backwards back into oh, its cage. Oh, that was, that was quite spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that could have been saving on animation, but I choose to think that that <laughs> line was special. It's like I'm going back in. I'm going back in spectacular style. <laughs> oh, they were really sweet. Yeah. I did. I looked up a couple of things about it actually, and there there was uh, an unmade episode. There were books, mm. and there was an episode where Mister Ben went to prison. <laughs> it was never made into a cartoon. Cartoon. I don't know what, for what. Maybe your theory of him being sort of a lone serial killer has some weight. Well, you never know. But the other thing he I does thought... take trophies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, the other thing I thought was sweet was that apparently, according to McKee, who wrote it, his first name is William. Oh. And that makes William him both ben. Bill and Ben. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bill, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's quite good. Apparently the prison episode was called 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, Ben, which is my kind of pun. <laughs> That was his prison number. 
Oh, right. You, we should yeah. dig out the book because it might be like porridge. Oh. <laughs> your favourite. Oh, me. It's always great fun. I just find such a charm to things like Mr. Ben, Bagpuss, Ivor the Engine, oh, you know, the, the Wombles, things like that. I mean, obviously, it's a nostalgia thing. It's when you were little, when you felt safe, etc., etc. But yeah. sometimes when you're feeling a bit stressed or you kind of just want to relax a little bit mm-hmm. and lose yourself, it's just charming and it's yeah. it's fun. And it's also, because you're obviously watching it as an adult, you can kind of see when they've done the little jokes mm. that are maybe for the adults and basically just some of the weirdness of it as well. Like mm-hmm. um, Mr. Ben and everybody else uh, seems to have a problem with walking. Yeah, the leg animation doesn't get much better. <laughs> it's hilarious. They've given up on hiding everything behind hedges yeah. at least. So. We watched three. So there was the dinosaurs one, there was yep. the zoo one. What was the third one? It was the balloon race. That, that was, great. was Yeah, because that was quite educational, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, we learned the balloons used, what, oars? Uh, the, yeah, the, the one with the oars, the one with the propeller, the sails. Sails, yeah. Um, a kite. Kite. Yeah, I was, was like, why are they flying a kite? Did they misunderstand? But, but it was actually to pull the balloon It's quite one. clever, yeah. And these were genuine methods of balloon propulsion. Yeah. And Mr. Ben fits a, a broken drainpipe to the balloon and then uses that to overtake the... The evil. He looked like a, like a blue mini or something. He had a, such <laughs> yeah, an evil he grin. did. He was he was a sort of evil Phileas Fogg from yeah. an alternate dimension. Or I suppose something. they didn't have him chucking his co-pilot out to <laughs> win the race, but no, that was great stuff. It was, it was genuinely quite fun. That plot. Yeah, I really enjoyed that episode. The urchin with whom he teamed up in that balloon reminded me of somebody. I can't think who. That was good fun. Oh, really? So we've watched six. There are fourteen in total. So we'll yep. get through the rest in due course. Yeah. Could it have been affected by tangential deviation coming out of the warper limbs? What are you talking about, Grease Dane? Tangent time. And we have been re-watching Red Dwarf. We've watched four out of the six of season 12 before Flux got in the way. But we've now finished off season 12 with the last two episodes, uh. M Corp and Skipper. And I think it's fair to say we found these just the best of the old season. If not, maybe the best of the Dave era. What did you think? Yeah. I would say so. I think so. I mean, okay, they rely heavily on nostalgia, mm-hmm. but I've not got a problem with that anyway. I'm a, I'm a massive nostalgia fan. Yeah. Uh, I remember it well. So in Mport, we've got this sort of invisible object slapstick. Um, gets a bit less slapstick towards the end, but it's it's a really decent satire of yeah. the kind of credit culture. It is. Um, I was watching this thinking, yeah, this this won't be beaten, you know. I really liked the episode, I liked the concept, everything about it, it was fun, it was clever. Leaning into the comedy more, but really with a good plotline anyway. Yeah. So, no, it was great. And then I watched the next episode and I thought, shit, this is brilliant as well. Yeah. I'll be honest, I know we normally say what's the bet, but I can't choose between can't choose. these two. It's definitely one of those two is our favourite yeah. of the season. We like Macocracy with the the election and so on and Tokidoki, of course, but Yeah, that it, was that was great. These are more consistently well. strong, yeah. I think. And also in the last episode, I mean spoilers I suppose, but mm. we get we get 
Holly, we get Hollister, yeah. we even get the old bunk room, you yeah. know. The, I mean, okay, they're going in the overdrive on the nostalgia the thing, but oh god, service. it was great, yeah, and it really was. The end of M Corp, of course, Lister gets rebooted back to his 23 year old self, so we have a recreation of the very first scene. <sighs> that was so funny, yeah, it was that great really fun. Was. Even continuity was brilliant, right down to the pie that he's eating, and yeah, yeah, lovely stuff. And I always love seeing Mac McDonald as Hollister. He's so great. When he pops up in Skipper, it was great fun. Yeah. The first half of Skipper, they've they've got a lovely sort of sci-fi setup with realizing they have to do the opposite of whatever they're trying to achieve. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun with I the cat derailing that. it all the time. Yeah, King of bit like the justice field really isn't it? I wanted to mention a website called Ganymede.tv, which I've enjoyed very greatly. It's a fan site for Red Dwarf and. They have really in-depth reviews of all of the new stuff, all the Dave stuff on words. It's a, it's a great website. They had a wonderful phrase about MCOR. The, the reviewer called it Black Mirror with a studio audience. Which I thought That's was... actually a damn good point. Yeah, because shrewd. this is the sort of thing that, say, if Charlie Brooker had written it for Black Mirror, is massively dark. Yeah, I mean, the pain uh, with your tone. life and yeah. your time is really and clever. There's, there's echoes of Oxygen in this as well mm-hmm. because that's a, a same sort of you know capitalism taken to ridiculous yeah. extremes where you actually are having to pay for the oxygen yeah. you're breathing and everything Ben Elton did a, a play called Gasping I think in the 90s um, mm. I briefly tried to make a radio drama out of it when I was a student but um, it was never a finished project but it's essentially where air gets privatised and so it's obviously a satire on the things of privatisation of water supply so there's a product called Perry Air and stuff like that and there's a, a scene I remember from that is a, a government broadcast about now if you're going to the toilet be sure to make sure it's coming so you don't have to strain and use up more oxygen than you can afford and things like that yes it's incredibly funny but you know who's to say you yeah. know, the way things are going. Oh, Who's yeah. to say? Well, Dario Fo described the difference between comedy and satire is when you when there's satire, you laugh, but the seed of anger remains. Mm. So there's always teeth to it. And yeah. I think it's an, an, a, you know, an interesting balance to explore in terms of programmes that are satirical and you know, thankful to live in a society where we can take the piss out of oh, yeah, our leaders. Yeah. But Absolutely. sometimes that's the sort of letting off of steam and the safety valve that means that nothing does change. Mm. and it, it seems that that's the difference it's like you said about the black mirror thing you yeah. know it's funny but it does make you think and i suppose that's good yeah in itself, it's got to be know? better than the alternative yeah. you know even if like a fraction of a percent of people who watch it and go oh yeah wow that's awful we should do something about that if one fraction does something about that that wouldn't have otherwise, of course you know yeah Anyway. No, so what else about uh, those last two episodes? The biggest letdown in court is the awful and sexist and untrue joke about the number of words that a man and woman speak. It's such a lazy joke. You know, she's saying the number of words a man speaks every day is X. And oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, I actually looked it up and there's that bullshit statistic came from a widely discredited article that was, of course, reproduced all through the media and yeah. sort of one of those catchy headlines that's probably selling something. Yeah. But it's not true. It's and it's just, I don't know, that every softened red dwarf just does a lazy joke like that, which is a bit of a letdown, when it's usually so humanist and so humanitarian in its, yeah. in its targets, yeah, I think. Very much, but, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, things can get missed. Yeah, mm. but 
I think your new favourite character, Chippy, the medical <laughs> oh. injected chip. Nicely physical performance of the robot monitor as yeah. well. You know, it yeah. kind of sags down and it has the strain when it's trying to get through Honestly, the I I am so pleased that they brought back things like the scutters, mm-hmm. the the snack machines, talkie toaster. Yeah. You know, I always found that the one of the funniest things about Red Dwarf, you know, it's so hitchhikers, yeah. you know, snack machines with personalities <laughs> and things. And yeah. Chippy, oh my God, <laughs> he was brilliant. Talkie toaster of the medical world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we start the campaign to bring him back right now. <laughs> yeah. um, I also enjoyed spotting that the MCOR promo video had some stock footage, which I've also used in a show. It's like... Yeah, maybe you see it. It's like all these sort of futuristic, like, um, technology in the eye stuff. It was just like, I've used that clip. <laughs> so, Skipper, Red Dwarf does Quantum Leap. <laughs> yep, yep. And Ace Rimmer's conspicuous in his absence, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, that was weird. Not I even mean, mentioned. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yeah. You know, because, again, yeah, I like Ace Rimmer. He's a great character but it's something that gets trotted out now too often I think. For sure and it was a nice new take on that and the beautiful way to do lots of throwaway fan service worlds so that's what bought us the kind of the reunion with Captain Hollister and Holly of course. The longest of the other ones is the, the scene with the it looks pretty good, but there's there's this suspicious lump of cheese on the dinner table. Craig Charles doing posh. I'm not sure I'll ever buy. Oh, the rat. I can't decide about the rat. <laughs> part of me's like it's hilarious and part of me's like it's awful. But Well, like, basically the implication was that the rat fucks everybody on the Jesus, ship. Yeah. I did quite like the bit about, oh yes, they're on deck four. And five. Seven. That's- 18 through 45. Wherever we damn want! One of my favourites was um, where Lister was the captain and they were on Earth. Mm. Basically, Rimmer had the option of going home to Earth to his wife and his kids and he was, you know, he'd made money and blah, 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 but he chose not to because he can't live in a (laughs) universe that Lister is doing better than him and that is Rimmer. Well, yeah. He's so fucking petty. Yeah, it was brilliant. It's wonderful. I mean, Lister was nicely pitched as the captain who would annoy him the most as well. Yeah, you know he's kind of he's he's in command, but he's abusing his power and yeah, great stuff. Uh, lovely last couple of episodes of season twelve. It was such a great way for me mm. to end. And you've never seen these before. The journey, and it was so lovely to watch it and go out on a high. I know we've still got the promised land to go, but this feels like the end of the journey, or at least uh, we're in uh, the lay-by waiting for more. <laughs> waiting for the A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even need that. That's great. Waiting for the A. Wow. I can't believe you didn't say that. No, that, that actually proves us a god because you couldn't have that as a coincidence. I'm sorry about what I said about the priest singing. <laughs> uh, no, I think we should watch Promised Land. We know we'll think a little less. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. Just to be well, complete. Actually, do you know what? I think that most of the time when I rewatch something, I'm able to reevaluate it yeah. for, you know, a more relaxed point of view. Okay, I'll admit that um back to earth, yeah. No. You enjoy the merits and are more yeah. chilled about the detriments. Yeah, exactly. So. And I have thoroughly enjoyed rewatching Red Dwarf. It's not one when you mentioned it I thought oh, I don't know if I can be bored, but <laughs> do you know what? I've really really enjoyed this. Good. I'm very glad. So what was it like, this monster? I don't know. 
it's time for Monster by Monster, where we randomly select a monster from a list of monsters and aliens from the program and say things about them. 166. That would be... The Flood. What are the Flood, then? Wars of Mars. Ah, they were brilliant. Yeah. That is one of the creepiest Doctor Who stories. I think in Writer's Tale he said they had to tone it down, didn't they? Yeah. Do you remember when you saw the the makeup effects of the lips and the water just... And it just was horrific. Yeah, and a genuinely terrifying monster. Yeah. I think... uh, part of what was a very dark special wasn't it very dark i mean this is basically we were introduced to time lord victorious yeah the concept of a waterborne virus is is terrifying especially given the very. the importance of a basic like water on on a new colony on mars yeah a very walking dead yeah, vibe quite zombie aren't they yeah that body horror of just one drop would be enough as well which is always creepy it's always it's things like that that freak me out about things like the wooden and so on yeah One touch is enough. Let's pick another monster. 192. So this is the Vigil. Um, They're from the Rings of Akaten, the ones who are chasing down the Queen of Years. Right. Creepy sort of skull-like faces. Yeah. They're more a plot plot function than having much story of their own. They're just a device to chase down the Queen. But it was, they were really good in the trailer for that because it's sort of, ooh. Got you interested. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do another. 239, that is near the end. The ribbons. (laughs) What, you mean the the haunted towels? No, ribbons is Kevin Eldon and it takes you away. Oh, for fuck. Again, we talked about it, but, you know, you you didn't like the mask much. I I thought, yeah, he's he's very standalone and disjointed from the rest of the episode. I mean, don't get me wrong, Kevin Eldon. Of I love him. Yeah. I think he's wonderful, but it's like they wasted. He's wasted because they basically gave him a role playing fucking golem. And yeah. <laughs> I think he's thought of a bit more mythical than he turns out to be because that whole yeah. tunnel's odd as a plot device anyway. But he's the kind of gatekeeper. You need to sort of pay him or yeah. give him a, a homage or whatever to get past him and all of that. But <laughs> homage? <laughs> no, I don't mean that to him. <laughs> job. <laughs> Oh, okay, there goes the tone again. <laughs> no, you need to you need to sort of get past him. He's he's the the obstruction. African the or <laughs> small. <laughs> Let's do one last monster. Sixty-three. Oh, good. Kraals. So android invasion, right? Wow. Yeah. Lumpy-faced green aliens. Yeah. Basically creating androids and stuff. To yeah. Sort of to invade. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, pretty I don't remember the story much. It's a weird blank spot for me. In a in a couple of seasons, I know very well. I must have seen Pyramids the one before it mm. hundreds of times. And I mean, I don't think there's that much more to them as an alien race than a bunch of bullies and lumpy masks. Yeah, really. yeah. I think Roy Skelton uh, uh, played friend. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Were, was their planet dying? Was that the shtick? Oh, I can't even remember. Yeah. That's one I mean, I've just not seen for a long time. It was time. Terry Nation that wrote it. Okay. Plot-wise, it's good. It's okay. Performances and everything. You know, there's a great moment where the doctor fights Sarah mm-hmm. and, and face, full, you know, face falls off, face falls yeah. off. <laughs> well that was monster by monster we will make our way through more monster space in future episodes it's the end but the moment has been prepared for nine times out of ten Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch or if you've been zapped back to the past, we can be contacted by email if it exists at randomizerpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash randomizer 
or follow us on Twitter at randomizerpod. And in all cases, Chetty Boy? Well, if you Google it, you will find out it's with an S, not a Z. What the flood then? Huh?